0: Just between us. Hey. Just between
1: us. Hey. Hello. I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, director, and undercut supporter.
0: Oh, like a punch?
1: No, <laughs> like a. You know when you shave the bottom part of your hair, you can't tell. Yeah. I have an undercut.
0: You do? Yes, you do have <laughs> an undercut, and it is queer baiting. Uh I I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bi-con, bisexual icon, wink, and I can't actually wink. Why is it queer baiting? I'm just joking. It's just because like mostly queer women have shaved parts of their heads. I'm kidding. Okay, because I just have I have too much hair. Not to humble brag, but I my (laughs) hair is too thick. I think it's actually probably good for warmer weather, such as what we have in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, keep your neck not sweaty and it less poofy, less poofy. Yeah, couldn't support it more. You know what's funny is I think poofy hair is coming back. Really?
1: Yeah, be great for me.
0: Like the '90s and early 2000s was all about like straight hair and like you know, I mean, just uh, ironing the shit out of it. Uh huh. And then now I think people are like. Eh, fuck it. Yeah, I just,
1: I don't like um the frizziness of my hair. Yeah. So that's But that's, you know, that's on the products I'm using. I, gotta, I finally switched from using expensive shampoo to just going back to herbal essences, and I've never smelled better.
0: Oh, that shit smells great. Yeah. But do you remember those commercials where it was like, is that woman masturbating in the shower, and then she wasn't? You know what? It worked. We're still talking about it. <laughs> this is just between us—a variety show filled with heartfelt advice, ridiculous games, and
1: brutal honesty.
0: There are so many commercials that I remember to the letter. Uh, like what? Gotta have my pops.
1: <laughs> Do you know? I my favorite commercial. I've never been able to find again. But it was about a man who saved money through probably insurance or something so that he could buy a little horse. <laughs> what? And then, and then it was just like scenes of him <laughs> with the little horse. And then the best part was like he was like in bed going getting ready to go to bed. And then the little horse like appeared in his doorway. And he was like, what's up, bud? Wait, and you've never been able
0: to find I've it? have never been able to Do find it. Do you think you hallucinated it? If I did, get me into advertising ASAP. I mean, honestly, like, it doesn't matter what the product is. Like, if it was like, hey, uh, this is actually for, like, a denture cream. I'd I'm be in. like,
1: yeah, I'm in. 100% a tiny horse? Come on.
0: Oh, my God. Did you see that commercial that was, like, it was so, it was, like, these two girls that were growing up, and they were, like, it was a car commercial. And it was these two girls, and they're, like, childhood friends, and then they get separated or something, and then they find each other again, and then, like, the, the end is them, like, in their new car, and they kiss, and they're a married couple.
1: hmm <gasps> Yeah. Yeah. It's you can cinematic. Really, you can push the gay agenda through marketing.
0: I, yeah, you know what? I, I didn't go out and immediately buy that car, but if I was in the market for a car, I would.
1: People expressed anger that they didn't realize they were watching an ad until the very end.
0: <laughs> That's like remember that amazing commercial that was for Las Vegas and it was a lesbian couple?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were so beautiful.
0: Honestly, like commercials are giving us better queer representation than Hollywood at this point. I agree with you. <laughs> We've got a very exciting episode for you this week. This week, we're going to be talking to podcaster Aaron Gibson about caring for an aging parent. And later, we're discussing nudes. Not news, but nudes. Nudes. N-O-O-D-Z. <laughs> that is not what I thought you were going to say. N-0-0-D-Z. D-Z. Z-Z-Z-Z-Z. But first, hit
1: it! International. This asks, do you have any good tips for releasing built-up anger or resentment towards a person who's not in your life anymore?
0: So I heard this email was a wild ride, so we're going to summarize. Yes. To summarize...
1: Basically, she was very close friends with someone, and um, I don't think we need to really know the background because it's more a universal issue of, like, how do you let go of anger. Um, So she said, I still feel a lot of anger towards some of the things she did during the period when we were very close, and I think it comes from a place where I am still hurt and feel betrayed by everything that went down. So apart from therapy, which I know is hugely important, what have you two done in the past to help yourself heal and let go of negative feelings towards someone when you lose a friend who was an important part of your life?
0: Um. This is. I'm not going to approach this as if I have the answers because there's definitely like I, uh, one person in particular came up uh, who I see every so often, and it, it when I like thinking about this question, and I I don't know because I'm still petty about it. <laughs> like I'm still. Like, I'll still see a picture of her doing something that she, like, said she wasn't going to do. And, like, in my mind, I still go, oh, look at that. Like, I <laughs> like I still have
1: it. Why are you seeing pictures of her? Do you still follow her on social media? Yeah. So maybe don't.
0: Yeah, but then that's, like, a whole thing. I mean, I could mute her,
1: I guess. Yeah, mute. I love the mute. Yeah. Uh, it's bad advice because most accounts don't let you mute. They don't? Yeah, I think you have to be verified to mute. Oh, that's interesting. But I think you can, like, train your Instagram not to show you their stuff. Like, especially their stories.
0: I know, but then the pettiness makes me watch all of it.
1: So that, okay, so <laughs> this is a very clear thing of something, an action you can take and stop doing. So I, this is something I actually really believe in, is, like, do not expose yourself to them. So yeah. So, like, unfollow them or mute them or, you know, like... Whatever you can do on Facebook.
0: It doesn't, but doesn't that prove that you still care if you're doing that? Doesn't that prove you haven't let it go? Because you need time to let it go.
1: You need time. Like yeah. when I broke up with one of my boyfriends, I, I like had to stop looking at his profile yeah and i stopped for years literally years and then i like recently was like am i able to look at this now and then i like was like you know eh." (laughs) yeah and i just like still i like maybe looked on like facebook or something but i didn't do a deep dive but you need to like um what's it called like detox from them
0: yeah, so go cold turkey. Yeah,
1: I think like if you're still following along on social media, you're just sort of fueling the
0: flames. I know, but sometimes the hatred feels so good. <laughs> like my <clears throat> my ex, like I went and looked at some of her recent stuff and I just felt like fueled my anger. Like I don't know, I'm I'm a bad example of this. Like I'm mm-hmm. a person who's like still there's certain people, there's certain people that I'm like this is fine and, and and everything's fine and whatever. But there's other people that are not in my life anymore that I, like, still feel like this weird victim, like, rage. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, you did this. A
1: thing I try to do
0: um,
1: about, like, friends who I'm no longer friends with who I could have, like, anger towards is think about the fact that they don't even know me anymore and mm. that I'm now a different person from the person who even engaged in that friendship. That wasn't that wasn't even me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like that was just like a past version of me and like whatever went down went down and like if they came back into my life today, they'd be a complete stranger. So why am I mad at a
0: stranger? Oh, that's, that's actually really good. Thank you.
1: I think another thing that you can do, and, and obviously every situation is different, but um, a lot of times in friendships, it's not like just one person was at fault. It's often mm-hmm. shared. So I think sometimes taking ownership of, of maybe whatever hand you had in it, that wasn't the best, you know, so that you're not just like making this person a super villain and instead you're like, well – you know I'm sure their point of view is I'm the villain you Mm -hmm. know and like I'm sure I did bad things to them and and like sort of like retelling the narrative so it's more like two people who like kind of fucked up and then went their separate ways versus like
0: and they ruined my life yeah so many (laughs) yeah so many times I think people think it's easier to paint someone as the villain but I've found it healthier with like relationship breakups and with um friend breakups is like, is like nobody's really at fault and maybe that's just growing older and age and like Mm -hmm. maturity, but where you're kind of just like, it doesn't need to be this big dramatic thing where like somebody did you wrong. It's just like, it happens like yeah. it's just like very normal and like let's say like your expectation here and the reason that you're so angry and resentful is because you were like this person was going to be in my life forever and not to say that there aren't people that are going to be in your life forever but like not everyone is and, and you don't need to be angry because something ran its course nothing wrong happened you know what I mean?
1: And even if it did I think instead of feeling like resentment and anger at this person that hurt you think about the gratitude that they're no longer in your life anymore.
0: Yeah, you're free, you know, dude. You're free,
1: and this person isn't causing. You know, like you're still giving them power if you're still letting them cause you pain. Yeah, like re- release them from you. Like they, you got out, you survived, and
0: now you move on. Also, maybe you could make a list and like purge it. I made a list my my relationship breakup that I went through. I was really upset, and I decided I was going to make a list. Like, why are you mad? Like, mm-hmm. what what are you actually mad about? And I made, remember I made that whole list and then I I think I sent a picture of it to you. I don't think you showed it to me. What what was on it? Oh, it was like, um, why am I mad? And it was like, she could, she felt she could only be herself, uh, her true self once I was out of her life. Why, or not even mad. Why am I hurt? Oh, yeah. Or like, did she even ever really love me? Like just things like where I was like, okay, what is, where is this hurt coming from? Mm-hmm. Or like, I'm resentful because I did all this stuff to help her and then she bailed. Right. And then I just had this piece of paper and it was like – it sorted out what I was – rather than just being like, I'm angry, I'm Mm -hmm. resentful, I'm hurt. It was like, okay, let me sort out like what what are the actual things that I'm hurt, angry, resentful about.
1: I think that's great. And I think that when you kind of like confront those things head on, you can start to process them Mm -hmm. and like move forward. Um, Mm -hmm. instead of it just being like a flashing red in your brain you like actually describe it and break it down and go through it and, and comprehend it and like process it and then I think that you're in a better place to move on from it
0: yeah and also like looking back at that paper now like months later I'm like you know what if she needed to not be with me in order to be her true self that's okay Like, you know, like, you look at it a little bit later, and you're able to, like, check off kind of, like, what you've gotten over.
1: Mm -hmm. And just knowing that, like, there's so many stages in life, Mm -hmm. and that person was just a part of that stage in your life. Yeah. This is my favorite quote. It's from Buddha, and it's, Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Oof. Like, the only person that you're hurting by feeling this resentment and this anger is yourself.
0: Yeah, I mean, get rid of it. But I also, yeah, I don't know. I also still, I get it, dude. Like, I still have certain, pe- certain people it's fine and certain people I just hold on to. But I guess maybe that's just time. Like, I, I think
1: time is a really big part of it. Like, I, too, am, like, going through a thing where I'm still holding on to some bad feelings and resentment. And I'm like, you know what? The more time that goes by, the less I'll feel this. I just got to wait this bad boy out.
0: Yeah, like, an ex-boyfriend of mine I was, like, so resentful of and now I'm just kind of like, I get it, dude. Like, it's <laughs> fine. I don't know why this one particular girl really sticks in my craw.
1: Yeah, but that, I mean, there's different levels. I think, like, the time in your life when something happens can mm-hmm. really affect it. If you, if you kind of get hit with this when you're in a low point, mm-hmm. I think it it festers more and you focus on it more because you don't have that much else going on. Mm -hmm. And so it can take over more power. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like if everything else is going really well and then this one thing happens, you're probably easier to just sort of brush it off. Yeah. Um. So just sort of like redirecting your focus and instead of like becoming obsessed with this ex-friend, like go out there and make a new friend.
0: Yeah. And now you said you've learned so much from the experience. Now you know not to become so codependent, so entangled, not to let somebody walk all over you. You know, there's like, there's like, take it as like a really nice learning experience and then maybe you won't feel resentment. You'll feel positivity.
1: Or I don't even think you need to feel positive. I think you just need to feel calm. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense where they don't like rile you. It's not like suddenly you're going to be like, "What a wonderful person." <laughs> but like, you know, where they're not a trigger for you anymore is a great goal to have. And I can tell that you want to to get there, but just know that it takes some time and you got to you got to do some work. Even just like when you start to feel yourself thinking those things about this person, just being like, "She's not in my life anymore. Those things happened, and I will never treat anyone the way she treated me, and I'm moving forward."
0: Yeah. Or sometimes you can just still look at their account and seethe. So that's bad advice. Just um. give it, just give it, just give yourself like five minutes a year. Uh, five minutes a year. Oh, my God. You but can't then, go cold turkey. Yes, I think that you should and
1: you can. <laughs> if you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Stick around. After the break, we've got a juicy interview with Aaron Erin Gibson. Turtles All the Way Down is the acclaimed number one bestseller by John Green, author of The Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. Turtles All the Way Down is now streaming on max. NPR named the novel a, quote, sometimes heartbreaking, always illuminating glimpse into how it feels to live with mental illness. Aza Holmes never intended to pursue the disappearance of fugitive billionaire Russell Pickett, but there's a $100,000 reward at stake and her best and most fearless friend Daisy is eager to investigate. So together, they navigate the short distance and broad divides that separate them from Pickett's son, Davis. Aza is trying. She's trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective, while also living with the ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts turtles all the way down is a brilliant novel about love resilience and the power of lifelong friendship as someone with ocd it is so wonderful to see ocd represented in an incredible book i think it is so important that we talk about mental illness both in our own lives and through narrative buy your copy of turtles all the way down in stores today and catch the movie streaming on max hi everyone allison here new books for you to choose from all the books are good so you can't go wrong every aspect of the book of the month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers they have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment. And she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic a new husband comes out and she's she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best it is right up my alley and I love it so much so if you want to take part in book of the month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month Go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDLES. That's $5 off with code PEDLES. I cannot recommend this enough. Just between us. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough
0: questions. Woo 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 woo! Well, uh, this week our guest is Aaron Gibson, uh, co-host of Throwing Shade podcast royalty. Aaron Gibson, hello, welcome to the show.
1: So we wanted to have you on to talk about kind of your relationship with your dad. Um, I know it is complicated and a major part of your life, and uh, you're going
0: back and forth between L.A. and Santa Fe. So we just wanted to talk about like, yeah, like what's going on? What's your situation right now?
2: Very easy since your situation. Uh, I basically created a compound to put all the elderly people in my life who can't take care of themselves. <laughs> and
1: Say more <laughs> about but, that. Yeah, let's, let's go up. back. <laughs> Ta- take us on a journey.
2: Okay. I'll give you the cliff notes version, which isn't a thing that exists anymore. But essentially my dad got throat cancer last year at this time. And by okay. got throat cancer, I mean didn't go to the doctor for 10 years and then had a throat problem for like six of those years. How did that manifest? Well, he basically in six months lost 60 pounds because the tumor in his throat had closed his throat up to 90%. So he had 10% passage for air and food. Oh so God. he wasn't eating. He wasn't telling us what was going on. And when I saw him last September, he looked like a skeleton. And he was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And was I was like- living
0: alone? Yes. And Where? Y-
2: Texas in Houston.
0: Okay. So is Second this-
2: story- In a second-story apartment.
0: Is this classic Mm -hmm. of him where he, like, won't go to the doctor, won't complain, won't tell you anything that's wrong? Not
2: only that, yes, it is. And also, my dad's a veteran. And when I I finally got him treated at the veteran's hospital, only because he collapsed during one of his visits, um, they took him immediately to the emergency room. And that's how he got, like, major help, the help that he needed. It's a whole other thing about the medical industry. But... I was asking the nurses and doctors, like, is this something you deal with all the time with people coming in in catastrophic health situations Mm -hmm. because they haven't taken care of themselves? And it's absolutely the case. So you've got toxic masculinity plus the idea that when you're in the military, you don't complain. So you have double layers of fucked up, not asking for help. So (sighs) it's hard to be mad at him. My dad grew up in in a military academy. He's not good at this stuff. Yeah, But my dad is very sensitive and very like artistic and he like writes haikus <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> didn't see that coming I'm but go tapping on.
2: I'm tapping into that side of him now that he's healthy and isn't going to die now so he, he will just, one day as we all will
0: he would have just never done anything
2: no he would have died in his apartment and not asked for help
0: Ugh.
1: and you just happened to be in town or something and well
2: and- yes I was in town my sister also lives there that's a whole nother thing she
0: wasn't
1: addressing it at all mm
0: no <laughs> i find as parents age there's one sibling that steps up yeah this
2: happens all the time yeah. and it's usually the slipping sibling that's not living nearby i know what it that doesn't about? make any sense yeah i do know that there also is a thing when you move away from home you can see your parents as human beings a little easier mm. and though you, then you can step up and be like i'm the boss now yeah. And also you, you don't see get to call the shots.
1: Changes because you don't see them every day. Exactly. So it's like much more shocking when you go back and he suddenly lost sixty pounds.
2: It was crazy. And then I basically lived in Houston for like three months. Yeah. I was in Houston for I had I had Christmas dinner at Buca de Beppo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do worse. I could barely. <laughs> Wait.
0: So, uh, so your husband's here in LA. Yes. So Would he
1: come with you?
2: No, because his mom was living with us. So she was living with his sister. I don't know what happened, but all I know is that one night my mother in law ran away <laughs> with the with the
0: cat. <laughs> this is a thing where like your parents suddenly become your teenage children. Oh, we're the parents. Now. Yeah. yeah. Our parents are were raised by narcissists
2: and became very like childlike in their own ways, so Mm -hmm. and never really grew out of it so she started living with this guy named Jimmy Cheesecake in a Grey Garden style mansion in the Hamptons I'm
1: sorry what? (laughs) (laughs) your mother-in-law left Los Angeles she left Los Angeles with her cat in the middle of the night
2: no she was living with my husband's sister where? In Connecticut. Oh, okay. Sorry. She,
0: she didn't go as far. Okay, no. then she took off for a great heart. Stole
2: her granddaughter's cat, which she gave to her, but which was being apparently neglected. Okay. Took the cat in her Fiat, got in the Fiat <laughs> one night, drove frantically to Jimmy Cheesecake's house. Who's Jimmy Cheesecake? I don't know. I don't know what his real name is. I just know that they all call him
1: Jimmy Cheesecake. How had she met him? Online?
2: No, they're old friends from the cheesecake days.
1: <laughs> okay, so she, she went. How to, old is this mother-in-law?
2: Seventy-four. They're my my dad and my mother-in-law are the same age. So it's okay. not that
1: old. No, it's and really not that old. Should be fine.
0: Yeah. So, so she went to stay with him in a romantic sense. Mm-mm. Okay, uh, and no, then less a, exciting, less. Ex- okay. <laughs> And then but, and they weren't fucking. Yeah, that's what you're. I'm not
1: interested in this story anymore. <laughs> was your mother-in-law in good physical and mental health?
2: Um, she has a disability from being mysteriously paralyzed for three years, and no doctor knew what ha- had happened to her. And then they did like a blood transfusion, and she was like, could walk again. But she walks with a cane, and she definitely she needs some help. But she can right. live by herself. She just has to take things slowly.
1: Okay, so she was mysteriously paralyzed <laughs> for three years Which, from, like, what part of her? Her just
2: Whole body, totally, totally paralyzed.
1: <laughs> what? Quadriplegic. Yes. Okay.
2: And, like, couldn't move for oh a very long time and nobody knew what was happening. Then, well, c- there's so many. Okay, okay, tell
1: us all of it. Okay, okay. well,
2: <laughs> basically, I have two disabled family members yeah. who I didn't know what to do with. Yes. And one of them was living in our place in L.A., We also take care of my husband's brother who has Down syndrome. So we had too many people in our house, which is a two-bedroom, very small house. Mm -hmm. Too many people, a dog, a cat, a dog who doesn't like cats. (laughs) And I was in Houston moving. I had to – my dad couldn't – I was like, what are you doing living in this apartment? You have to – I'm helping you. Like, period, end of story. I took all this shit out of his apartment. I – um put it in storage and i said we got to figure out something creative so my friend who lives in austin said why don't you come up and visit take a weekend for yourself and you need to see my friend who's a witch so i saw this woman's sister temperance okay in austin okay and i told her well basically she was like what's going on and i just lost of course you told her her everything and she said okay whatever you do she did the whole tarot reading and everything she said, whatever you do, you need to make sure that you get something out of it because you have too many people to help right now. And if you don't find some joy out of an aspect of it, you will hate them. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. put them in apartments and you're just paying for their apartments wherever, you're just it's going to just cause problems. So you got to figure out something really creative that's super fun for you. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Then I told my friend who'd sent me to Sister Temperance, I was like, what do you think that means? And she goes, why don't you go check out Santa Fe? I had never been to Santa Fe. She was like, "It's super liberal. It's a small town. It's easy to get around. It's in the desert. There's a lot of old people there, and now there's a lot of young people because there's Meow Wolf there, which is this like in- interactive art community, and it just it's got a lot of stuff starting to happen." So I was like, "Okay, yeah." I had three days off from my book tour last year, I we drove from LA to Santa Fe f- during Thanksgiving.
0: Thirteen hours.
2: Thirteen hours. I found a real estate agent on Instagram.
0: Okay. I said I
2: need a house I can split into two parts, and I need a rental property to pay for that house. The first place we saw is the place that we bought.
1: Really? And
2: that's the compound. So my dad in April, I drove him directly from the hospital in Houston the day he was discharged. I drove him straight to Santa Fe. I moved him into his apartment that I totally decorated. He, he when we were when he was in the hospital, I was like, "What's your dream apartment?" And he said, "Howdy, doody 1950s little boy's bedroom, cowboy bedroom." And so I fucking did that. I made him an entire apartment full of Western stuff. I found a Howdy Doody bedspread from the '50s at a vintage store, and that's his bedspread. Oh my and god! And so he has like this apartment of his dreams. It's not. It's I mean, it's a house. It's a duplex. And then my mother-in-law, we did the same thing. I was like, "What? What is? What's your dream stuff you want to have in here?" Same for her. She so wanted she Howdy lives, Doody
1: as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she wanted strawberry shortcake. Very no. I'm just <laughs>
0: So she lives next door in the other duplex. Yeah. The other half of the Do they duplex. have help? Do they have like nurses or?
2: They don't need it. They don't need, they're all, they're, they go to the grocery store. They like, you know, go to their doctor's appointments. They do, they, they, because it's 15 minutes anywhere.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Were they like we don't want to live in Santa no. Fe. Or you're like, you don't get a fucking choice. It was like, they were excited and
2: they were nervous and I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be great. Also, your lives suck right now so can you please let us make your lives better? Yeah. Did
0: and they get along?
2: They don't not get along. At first, they were very like charming with each other but then I think that um my dad's kind of a lone wolf and my mother-in-law is, um worries a lot and uh. so my dad was like, You go do that in your part of the place, and I'll (laughs) he. So I don't think they hang out.
1: Yeah, like I really wanted this to end with them getting married. I know, and then my
2: husband's my brother.
0: Oh, what's more romantic (laughs) than that? Sweet. (laughs) So you were like, you know what? The compromise is, I want to be. I want to put you guys somewhere that I want to visit. That I would enjoy yes. spending time.
2: I don't want to pay for an apartment in Houston. No, fuck you. And I don't want to pay for an apartment in Koreatown, an apartment that we could afford here for my mother-in-law that she's not going to be able to park anywhere. You know what yeah. I mean? There was no solution. Right. It had to be something weird.
1: Do you think that in a weird way, it was better that it was both sides of your families? So like it wasn't just like you were dealing with your dad and your husband had to help, but it was like b- both your dad and his mom, so yeah. you like banded together? It
2: was really... It was kind of like a super moment of of we have to break all the rules mm-hmm. or, or we're we're not going to be able to do this in a way that is healthy for anybody. yeah, so the fact that everyone we when we had and we were both like, I'm the parent now, dog. Mm-hmm. like <laughs> this is what's happening. Get on board, right, or ask someone else for help, which is not possible because the <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're the end of the line. I think we're doing a pretty cool thing. I mean, they seem to be very appreciative of it. I love being out there. I never thought I would be a person who like was like Santa Fe, New Mexico is my dream place, but it's rad. There's so many drugs and there's <laughs> so many therapists who are using drug therapy and doing really cool healing stuff, ketamine treatments, guided t- ketamine treatments, um, uh, low dose ayahuasca. <laughs> like it's wow, Santa Fe. It's like a cool place to get right in your mind.
1: Yeah. And, and to just sort of like relax. Like, it's yeah. just like a pleasing place because I've been there once and it was just like cool.
2: You just like get up to 7,000 feet, you age 10, 10 years instantly, <laughs> and you don't have anything to worry about because you your body can't get enough oxygen to, to be neurotic.
0: <laughs> so what's the, what's the schedule now? So the property that we bought had a main house,
2: a mother-in-law suite, a uh, studio, and then a pottery studio. So we turned the mother-in-law studio, that's a rent rentable place, it's already on Airbnb, Um totally booked up and then
0: and that pays for their place almost yeah and then so we so we decided to
2: do the pottery studio we built a kitchen and a bathroom on that. So once that's done, then the whole thing is a self-sufficient ecosystem economy.
1: My grandparents are getting up there and I there is such resistance to change and to like getting help.
2: They won't do it. Yeah. You have to make them this is what I keep talking about with people because they're like, My parents live in a two story house and mm-hmm. how do I get them? It's like you don't ask their permission. You just do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's your advice? You can't be bullied by them because here's what's gonna happen. They're going to get themselves in a tragic situation, and your life is going to be upended mm-hmm. like mine was mm-hmm. in a way that you then have to do something. Am I glad that we did what we did? Absolutely. Did I want to spend everything in my life savings to, to help them in an emergency? No. I right. would have rather done this in a much more sane way. Right. The end result is fantastic, but it was very stressful, and it was really hard, and it was super weird, and everybody was like, don't do this. This is crazy. So it worked out, thank higher power, whatever. But they will get in a situation, they are not thinking what they're doing is going to affect anybody around them right that's the problem i know and they're scared and that's understandable but like at a certain point it's like if you want my help you get it in this way it's almost like putting up a boundary i'm telling you now what i'm gonna give you because when it comes time to this other thing i just can't be there for you like in an emergency like you have to drop your whole life and thank god i have a job where i can do that but yeah if i was a lawyer or like Mm -hmm. an accountant or like you know a school teacher how the fuck was i gonna you can't do that
0: it was so funny because I remember my parents uh, being so furious at my grandmother because she wouldn't move or get help, or she would like constantly fall and break her hip, and like wouldn't change anything about her lifestyle. And they would always be like, "Ugh!" And now my parents live in a in a two story apartment, like a duplex, and I'm and my dad like falls, and I'm like, "You guys shouldn't live somewhere with stairs." And they're like, "Shut up!" Like they've become their own parents. Have you thrown it in their face that they did the exact same thing to their parents? Yes, I've said you are... And then my parents would always be so stressed out about Maymay. And I'm like, you're Maymay now. You're doing this to me.
2: What I think needs to happen, and this is my own personal opinion, you have to be like, here's some new places to live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which one are we going to? You get three (laughs) options like a toddler.
1: Yeah, you want yeah. your
2: toddler to get themselves dressed for school, you give them three options. You don't let them go in the closet and just <laughs> right. pick out whatever Spider-Man outfit they want to wear.
1: Right. My mom has really bad knees and like a couple years ago, I like went with her to her like orthopedist and I was like, "So she shouldn't live in a house with stairs, right?" And the orthopedist was like, "No." And I was like, "So they need to move, right?" And the orthopedist was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and I like got him to agree with me like on the record and then they they got themselves into a place before it got too bad. Yeah. You know, and like I'm just like so thankful for that. That like because my mom ended up having knee replacement surgery last year and it's gone terribly and the recovery has been awful. And if they were still in that old house, like I don't know She'd be sleeping the, yeah, in the living room. She'd be sleeping in the living room. So or would have been for months and months, and so like I think sometimes if if you ha- if you can get out, be like, we need to do this before you can't do it.
2: Mm-hmm. That's here's the thing: everyone's so scared of getting old, and understandably, because this country doesn't give a fuck when you're old. They're not. They're like, can go die in a nurse. I mean, it's yeah. awful, right? Yeah. And so everyone's scared. So, but instead of taking any steps that are you're capable of taking to prevent this disastrous thing, no, but everyone just waits till it's the fucking because mm-hmm. I don't
0: want to face it because it's scary.
2: It is scary, but like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer. I mean, you, you, I feel like you just have to bully your parents. Th- that's that's yeah. it because yeah. they don't listen. They won't listen. I mean, my
1: grandma like keeps driving, and we're like, "What are you doing?" Maymay, Maymay would keep driving, yeah. and even though like she that, wasn't allowed that to, that to me is like, you're not just endangering yourself. You're endangering other people. Do they? Okay,
2: so this is a situation where it's like, do your grandparents know how to use Uber and Lyft?
1: I don't know. So, like... But my grandma sends me emojis all the time. she, so can, she figure can do it. it, it. Out. Like, yeah. she's very tech savvy.
0: The best story, Mei Mei story ever, is that she... My parents were like, You're not allowed to drive and she had a red Mercedes and uh they were like, You're not allowed to drive and she was like, Okay and then my dad came over and there was a big dent in the Mercedes and he was like, What happened? And she was like, I don't know. And then he was like, What's this dent? And she was like, I don't know. And then he like saw on her credit card statement that at like eleven thirty at night she had gone to a bar and ordered like a couple martinis, oh, and a lobster, and then ate it and then drove home and must have crashed the car on the way home and then just parked it in the driveway and was like, I don't know what happened and my dad was like what's this the credit card statement and she was like you can't prove shit teenage bullshit exactly do you have so like your advice I guess for the listener like your advice you know as you become the parent of your parent um, like what is your advice for someone listening who's dealing with this
2: well okay first of all I know I'm sounding like a real like line in the sand kind of person but you do have to have some compassion with it because it is very scary what your parents are going through I mean they're Close to death, in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you can if you can couch it with, like, I would like our time together not to be deciding all this stuff. I'd like to talk about it once, figure out what we're going to do, and then enjoy our, our life together mm-hmm. and not be arguing about this stuff all the time. Yeah. Like, this is really important that we have quality time right now, and I need you to take care of yourself and make sure that you're in a position to, you know— be safe and healthy for a very long time, and I, love I just want—I just want to help you with that. But in your mind, you have to be like, "I'm the boss. I'm the boss." I'm the <laughs> boss. <laughs> and see if they'll—they'll—they'll they'll, they'll give you power of attorney. I think. Let me tell you, you don't want to do it when your dad has a, is intubated and barely awake in a hospital, and you're wondering whether or not you can make decisions on his behalf when he's—if he goes into a coma during a surgery. That's what you don't want, right? So please do the power of attorney stuff and figure out wills and stuff while everybody's lucid. Yes, Mm
0: -hmm. you do not
2: want to be doing that in the hospital because it's not only is it sad on top of sad, it's just a sad sandwich. It's really impossible to do. You have to get people to like sign um, to do a notary. Yeah,
1: you got to find who the fuck in the hospital does that. Yeah, so there's a patient in exam room seven who's a notary, and you're like exactly. (laughs)
0: It's well, you're crazy. crying and you're in grief and you're also doing paperwork. And Don't if you can
1: avoid
2: that, please do. Take paperwork out of getting old. <laughs> Just take control and know that there's you're an adult now. And so they can't they, – They it should be a discussion as adults, not a children parent situation, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Were you on the same page with your sister? Because I can imagine sometimes siblings disagree mm-hmm. about what should happen.
2: No, and that's why you have to talk about it all together. And your parents have to be involved in a way that is – when they're like on <laughs> they're having a good day, you know, <laughs> cuz you really should respect what they want. Right. To a, to a point that it's safe and logical and stuff, but um no. And and because I think also people handle stress in such different yeah. ways, mm-hmm. and so you can't I can't expect my sister to react in the same way I do. Mm-hmm. It's just we're just different people, you know.
1: Um thank you so much for all of this insight. I'm sure
2: everyone's bummed out at this point, but yeah, I so don't
1: but I oh no, empowered. empowered empowered yes empowered. I'm going to go talk to my parents about how to talk to their parents yes especially grandparents yes my grandparents oh my are out of control would you like to play a game show yes <laughs> okay the game show is called hypotheticals you and Gabby are the contestants I'm going to give you some hypothetical situations you can ask as many questions as you want um, and then tell me what you would do I make all the rules and the rules change constantly. Our first game, America's favorite game show. Would you stay with this cheater? Your significant other of three months admits that while out with their college friends, they got peer pressured into making out with the waitress instead of leaving a tip. No tongue. Some over-the-shirt boob action. What do you think making out is?
0: in public? Would you stay with this <laughs> cheater? Also, the waitress is one of their college friends. I'm, hold on a second. You, you just said making out, but no
1: tongue. I can, you can make out without tongue
2: that you can it's a movie kiss
1: yeah like to find what the, what that's french kissing making out is different
0: that you your face right now says that you are lying i think there's making out without tongues and people don't like tongue i personally never used it that is a lie uh, this is a yeah. reoccurring lie that allison says which is that she's never used tongue so what would you guys do okay so what so they didn't tip Right,
1: they instead they made out with the waitress.
0: I don't I don't like that you didn't tip, so I'm going to I think tipping is very important because people <gasps> aren't paid a living us. wage. Yeah, welcome to Social Justice Conspiracy Socialist Corner. That that I do. Uh and uh because you didn't tip, I will dump you.
1: But it was their friend. Still tip your friend.
2: I didn't hear any consent in this scenario.
1: Oh, the waitress they her. the waitress was into it okay she was the waitress was like how about a kiss instead and then their all their friends were like do it do it
0: okay wow this noise uh, has permeated this episode (laughs) i i think no i i think you gotta go i don't like that you didn't tip i don't like that this is a friend from college that you know I don't like that your friend your your friends must not like me because they're peer pressuring you to make out with someone no, else. They like
1: you. They just don't respect your relationship.
0: Okay, I'm out.
2: I keep thinking in my mind how did I get how did I, how did I not see this. Because everyone shows you who they are.
1: It's only been three months. That's
2: true. You're, you're kind of dating someone's representative in that point.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's true. So the,
2: the leaks are starting to come through. But
1: I also – I fight back about what you said. I think people are incredibly good at being deceptive, and I, I think, like, there's a lot of people who find out that their significant others are, like, horrible people, and they truly didn't know.
0: Yeah, like the BTK's wife. <gasps> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> You know, that guy who was like murdering people and then he was married and he had kids. And he's like bringing home Valentine's Day presents.
1: Yeah, like tons of serial killers.
0: Didn't he give the wife like the ring of someone he murdered? Yeah, it was some... So there you go. There you go. You can never know anyone, even after 40 years.
1: And that's the moral of Would You Stay (laughs) With This Cheater. (laughs) Our next game show, Are You a Terrible Parent? Your child hates the taste of healthy food and is becoming increasingly malnourished. With the help of a doctor, you burn off your child's taste buds. They are now able to
0: eat everything but taste nothing.
1: Are you a terrible parent?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this was the only option? You couldn't go to therapy or you've tried everything? Yeah, you've tried everything.
1: Force feeding? Uh, it doesn't work. You Okay. <laughs> I hate you, Mom. But what about like a like um when you get an IV and it gives you all. But the they're new- just supposed to bring an IV with them when they go to restaurants. Come on, Gabby. Get your head out of your ass.
0: <laughs> all the margarita and an IV, please. <laughs> wow. And they, how does does it painful to burn off their taste buds? Oh, absolutely. And they, and so, but then I'm just thinking about all this great stuff that you can never taste again. Right. That's the real conundrum. And it affects your smell, your sense of smell. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna say you are a terrible parent. Aaron, yeah, because
2: I think, yeah, I feel like it could be like I don't believe you should do this with dogs, but I've read this about people doing this this with dogs, and I don't believe it. But some people are like, if a dog doesn't like this kind of food, just wait, and they'll get hungry enough. <gasps> I don't think you should do that with animals, but I would do that if my kid was eating Doritos instead of corn. Mm. You'd be whatever like, the option
0: is. get rid of yeah. everything else in the house and then just be like, your only options are vegetables. So you're going to get hungry enough to eat them.
2: But what if the kid actually has like an innate like allergy to food? What if we don't see that like the kid has like massive diarrhea after eating broccoli and beans or something? Oh, you know?
0: they're allergic and they're just not telling then They're not no allergic. Secret.
2: Okay. So no, then a bad parent. And they <laughs> don't.
1: And they, okay. Yeah. Bad parent. Well, I think, you know, I think that they're an experimental parent. Is the right answer. This is <laughs>
0: middle ground that no <laughs> one's exploring here. Oh, we don't explore the middle ground here on hypotheticals. That is not a place we live.
1: <laughs> Our final game: would you lie or tell the truth? This is my
2: favorite one. Has this anyone is... been concerned about you and your psyche Absolutely. because of these questions? Yeah, okay, of okay, okay. Oh,
0: this stems completely from Allison being nuts. <laughs> this is her, this is the thing she used to do before we had this podcast. This is all I have. Okay. While on the phone
1: fighting with the cable company, you're driving along when someone darts out and you hit them with your car by accident. You then see a bunch of cops come up and arrest the person you hit. They were a dangerous murderer on the loose. The police thank you for your bravery in hitting the murderer. The local nudes wants to interview you as a hero, even though this is all
0: a big misunderstanding and really you just hit a random person with your car. Would you lie or tell the truth? So the implication is that you saw him and you recognized him as a murderer and you but hit you him? saw
1: that he was like being chased. Oh. And then you hit him. But really you just were, you were distracted and you almost killed someone.
0: Is he dead? No, but I see you. Okay. <laughs> um, I would lie. You would lie and take the glory? Absolutely. Erin?
2: Yeah, that's tough. I think I would lie too. But only, <laughs> I mean, because here's the thing. What is the, what's the I don't upside? want to be prosecuted. I don't well, want to be because prosecuted. because you're
1: lying and you're, you're, you're taking credit and being paraded as a hero when you're not.
2: You mean my dream <laughs> situation? <laughs> it feels like when you cheat on somebody and then you have to tell them because you're so filled with guilt, but then it just makes them feel really bad too. So it's like, they, really the burden is that you have to live with the fact that you're a liar, but nobody else has to yeah, know. Yeah, but you
1: get um, free chicken for a year. From where? Your
0: favorite chicken place. <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, it's- I really don't see a downside to lying. I think also like, if, if then it was like you were on your phone and you hit someone, then you might get prosecuted. I'm not going to lie. I think this is a good movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They, see, this is why I do hypotheticals. Most, so you can get filmed. Yeah, it's all for my screenwriting all. career.
0: All of these really just show that Allison is a good screenwriter. Thank you. I can world build. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's kind of crazy that most of your would you lies or tell the truth, I have said I would lie. Is it crazy or is it exactly
1: <laughs> what I expected?
0: <laughs> Almost all of them. I've been like, oh, lie. Yeah. Of course. I'm going
1: to try to find one that you won't, but I think it's impossible.
0: It might be impossible.
1: Thank you so much for joining I, us. I've,
2: I've got to think about what, how I feel about a, as being being a human being leaving here today.
1: <laughs> how I feel about myself and my ethics. <laughs> Where can people find you?
2: I'm at GibblerTron, which is my last name if I was in a, ro- a robot. I mean, it's old. Guys, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my book Feminasty is out in paperback. So if you didn't get it in hardcover, not what it's
0: called, get it cheaper. I have a signed copy. Oh, not to brag. brag.
1: (laughs) Stick around after the break. We'll be talking about nudes.
0: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com.
1: Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for topics. XXXXXXX X, 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 Baby. baby. Ooh, kind of harmonized. Yeah, I don't totally get what harmony is.
0: Me neither.
1: <laughs> and that's why this is not a music podcast. So this week, I wanted to talk
0: all about nudes.
1: Yeah. Because I think that they've been in the
0: news again. Um, sure, yeah. This comes on the heels of uh, the Katie Hill scandal, which part had, is a complicated thing. But um, she's a congresswoman. But basically... There was many prongs to what happened. But one part of it was that her ex-husband, who's abusive, uh, leaked a bunch of nude photos of her. And then she, as part of like a larger thing, ended up stepping down from her position.
1: And even worse than that, or equally bad, I felt was um, people's response to it and people a lot of people and i believe including nancy pelosi was like well you know you shouldn't take nudes <laughs> <laughs> good luck um and so i feel like this still remains such a double standard um in a way that like that women should still be like so ashamed of their bodies and like can't be sexual beings and also successful professionals yeah and it is this like boundary that like Well, you can do literally anything. You can, like, pose nude for a PETA ad. You can do whatever. But if, like, your private nude gets leaked to the world,
0: you are done. Like, what's (laughs) the difference between that and, like, a Playboy shoot? Exactly. Obviously, one is uh, you pose nude for a magazine. That's consensual. Uh, A photo of you gets leaked. That's non-consensual. Good luck, to and to to people in the future trying to find a political candidate who has never taken a nude, <laughs> truly good luck to you.
1: So there's like multiple levels of this, right? It's like one, like nudes in general, like are are they fun? Should people be able to take them? Absolutely, sure, why not? Then there is like. Who can you trust with your nudes? Right. Sure. And like, is that on you or is it on the person who betrays your trust and leaks the nude?
0: Uh, well, you and I, I think both agree that it is on the person who betrays your trust and leaks the nude. Absolutely. Uh, it is not your fault. I just feel like it's so strange, this fear of the human body. <laughs> also, I'm sorry. Trump's a rapist. Yeah. So, like, literally, like, Trump is a rapist uh, and then, like, a woman took a nude photo. <laughs> like, what are we do- – Am I like, I feel crazy.
1: And, like, again, separating, there's, like, there's the issue of, like, revenge porn, which is, like, when someone releases it without your consent. And I think that we can all agree that that's terrible and, like, finally some states are doing some work to, like, rectify the issue and, like, actually be able to charge the people who – partake in, in revenge yeah, porn. Yeah, because it's sexual violence. Yeah, it's insane. There's also the issue of underage nudes. Right. And so that, to me, I mean, like, I just wait till you're 18. <laughs> That's just, like, a great rule. Just
0: wait till you're 18 to, to take snap some pics. Yeah, I mean, I... This is what I was saying is that, I don't know. I have this thing where it's like... It, it's like bullying, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody says... Oh, like your bangs are ugly, Allison. Wow, and you, that was so targeted. Okay, and you go, um, and you go. No, they're not. Like I don't care. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Then the person's like, oh, okay. But if you go, stop. No, my bangs. Like I feel like if if somebody was like, I have nudes of you, Gabby. I'd be like, cool. <laughs> like what they want is the response of like, no, please. Oh my god, my butt. No, you know what I mean. And but- like I would just be like, I don't. I don't care. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I think it's harder for someone in political office or for someone who's, like, in a different career track than we are. Yeah, Where, like, yeah. their colleagues
0: see it. I think
1: it's a bigger issue of, like, society, American society, being, like, so afraid of the female body. Yeah. It's the same exact thing of, like, well, don't walk alone at night if you don't want to get raped. Like How, don't yeah. take a dirty photo if you don't want someone to see it, and it's like no, I can fall, fo- I can do normal things, and then if someone else
0: chooses to break the law, then it's their fault, not my fault. Oh yeah, I mean you never say to someone like don't, uh, hey, don't have money in your wallet, don't right. don't wear a watch, <laughs> like don't like you might get mugged. It's like well, like okay, yeah, but also then you still prose- you still are like God, that mugger is an asshole. I think that we need to turn the focus on why men are able to weaponize the the female body like what is the instinct where i mean it's it's based in the same stuff as like sexual assault and sexual violence where like They just feel like entitled to it. They feel like, I I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's all comes from the same place of like misogyny. And I don't know. I I, like what is the even the instinct to post something like that online? What kind of person are you in your brain that your instinct is to do that? Well, you're a horrible person. And I think. But it's so common. Like, you know what? Uh, Here on JBU, I think we can agree all men are bad. (laughs) And I'm here. It's fine to stand by that. You're right, Allison. You know what? You solved it. They're all bad. (laughs) I I just think that, like you said beforehand, it's
1: it's our response to the nude that enables them to continue to have the power and to use it in such a horrible, hurtful way. Like, if us as a society responded with, like, cool. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, I think it's not just on the actual victim to be, like, no big deal. It's, like, literally on the news not to over-report it. It's on, like, people not to share it. Mm -hmm. It's on, you know, like, if we just, like, like you said with the bullying, if we as a society are just, like, who cares?
0: Moving on to the next news story. Who's Pete Davidson dating? (laughs) You know? (laughs) The problem is, is that men hate women. Mm -hmm. So it's always gonna be like this thing where uh, there's gonna be this gleeful mob of dudes who feel entitled to women who also uh, don't want women to be in Congress who, like, there's, you know who I'm talking about. Like, these just, like, these, like, guys who are just, like, these mobs. And- but that's why women need to support other women
1: and why things like what Pelosi says is so harmful. Yeah, To me, Pelosi victim blaming is more harmful than, a, like, a man releasing someone's nudes. like Or, or it's on par with it. It's, like it's like ridiculous because she knows that she has such a scope. Like she Mm -hmm. knows that what her influence is. She like, she is a woman in power and to victim blame is just like absurd to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that misogyny runs deep and it runs so deep that like it affects women. Absolutely. And I think there's, uh, well, you know, it comes down to the hierarchy of like, well, I'm not that type of woman. Mm-hmm. There, There is this uh, internalized misogyny that then happens where it's like women trying to seem above other women. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it was on the like appropriate responses to be like, this is sexual violence perpetrated by an abusive man. Um, and like, we won't stand for this. And we support you know, people who have been victims of revenge porn and like, and like, that's it. Like, that's the end of it. Trying to act like, well, it'll never happen to me is like, okay, so let's say, uh, let's say you've never taken a nude in your life, right? Yes. What if you're like that um, sports reporter that was recorded through a hole in her fucking hotel room? So, remember? No one is safe. So you're telling, so, okay, so acting like, well, but I wouldn't do this, but I wouldn't do that. Like, I wouldn't walk home alone at night. I wouldn't wear that outfit. Uh, How many people who are victims of sexual violence are wearing turtlenecks and walking in broad daylight? Mm -hmm. Plenty. Like, you're not. You're not immune. Immune. You're Mm -hmm. not immune. Yeah.
1: I, I also think that, like. What would you do if like you found out like your underage kid was was sending nudes?
0: That I'd be like, "Look, I don't care about you expressing your sexuality, that's fine, but it's illegal. Like yeah. you're it's, child, it's, it's pornography. child pornography. It's illegal. Like you you could go like I'd be like, "Look, you turn 18, whatever, but right now like you could go to jail." Mm-hmm. And you're putting the the other person, the other person could go to jail. Right. I would frame it as like, "I'm happy for you to explore Sexually, I'm happy for you to, like, whatever. I hope, I would say, I hope that the person you're with isn't coercing you. Mm-hmm. I hope that, like, this is something that, you know, you're you're interested in doing and not that you feel like you have to do. Yeah,
1: that's the only issue I have with, like, younger kids is I feel like they think it's expected of them. And a lot of times it's, like, people asking for them versus right. them wanting to send them. Right. And that's, like, I think a conversation parents need to have with their kids.
0: Yeah, is is it's about, like... Uh, Not not feeling like you have to be like sexually coerced, but also don't go to jail. You don't want to go to jail.
1: And that like a guy expecting that of you is unrealistic. Like, that is not part of – that's not part of the rules of dating. It's a that's privilege, not, like, not a right. Exactly. Like, that's not – like, you don't need to to do that to be in the game. Yeah. Like, it's very much, like, a personal decision and something that you decide when you want to do it and with who. But, like, don't feel like oh, the- everyone's doing it.
0: Yeah. Ugh. I just think, like, there's a larger thing where it is – it is, you're right, like, kind of the fault of the reaction of society where – like we shouldn't report on like, oh, they even like remember when Orlando Bloom was on a paddleboard and he was naked uh-huh. and then they took pictures and then they published them mm-hmm. like, fuck off. Like, why?
1: I don't know. I almost feel like that was cool because it was like, yeah, he's just fucking naked.
0: <laughs> but it was uh, from a telephoto lens. If he wanted Wasn't he in public. Uh, yeah, he was like at a public beach. Yeah, but if he wanted th- those to get published, he could have taken them himself. Because I know we're talking about women, but, like, they do it to men, too. Yeah. And, like, I just think, like, stop it. The like, other stop being thing, so prurient about it. The
1: other big thing about this is you don't get to make the decision to send a nude. You need to get consent from the other person that they want it. Oh, yeah, 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 And yeah, I yeah. think that, like— um, that's sort of understood in terms of, like, uh, boys sending photos that, like, yeah. absolutely the girl should say or whoever should say, I, I want this. Yeah. But also, girls, you know, you need to get consent before you send that to someone, too.
0: Yeah. Ask ask if they want
1: a nude. Right. Like, you know, they might they might not be comfortable having that on their phone or they might just not be into that. You know, like, it is like a very, it is a sexual thing. And so you have to get consent both ways.
0: Also, like, sometimes you have it set up that, like, you're using your phone for directions and then a boob pops up and, like, you're all your... <laughs> and you crash, and man. You, not, you just you... fucking crash. I bet that other people in the car can see it, which is <laughs> not a thing
1: that's happened to me. Okay. <laughs> Tamika, come on in and, and let's talk about nudes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I want to go back to an earlier thought you guys were talking about, like, the fear of the female body. I think it's more
0: about, like, control. The same reason why men can, like, be shirtless and women can't. And that sort of translates to nudes in the modern the modern era, I guess. So you do have thoughts about you nudes. You do have thoughts about nudes. I you do. told us you didn't. I, yeah.
1: I we mean, have very insightful thoughts about nudes.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to bully you about being good. <laughs> <laughs> what do we rate the episode overall? Uh, I give it... Um, 11 out of 10 uh, taste buds. Ooh. Because that's how many you should have. And please don't get rid of your taste buds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I give it seven out of seven stubborn parents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Tough. It is tough. Because it reverses where you become the parent. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think that a lot of us are not prepared for. I am because it happened to me at age nine. But other people, (laughs) I give it ten out of ten. Life changing compounds in Santa Fe. (laughs) Yes,
1: (laughs) that's really like a really good idea.
0: (laughs) Did we learn anything this episode? Um, I learned that you should absolutely have these conversations with your parents when they are lucid. You should Mm -hmm. get. You should have an understanding of. Um, power of attorney. You should have an understanding of wills. You should have an understanding of what they would want in case of an emergency. And also, I loved Aaron's analogy of like, you don't let a toddler pick out their outfit. You give them three outfits. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I think that that's like a a great way to, to not get bowled over by a stubborn parent. And
1: I like that what you said about that needing to find a way to find joy in it.
0: Oh, huge. That
1: was so interesting. I That witch is very smart. Oh, they almost always are. Funniest part? I liked your rooting noises throughout the episode.
0: Thank you. They'll yeah. be back. <laughs> yeah, the woo, 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 or whatever you're doing. Woof, 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 woof. Yeah, it sounds like, like, you're, like you're rooting for a sports team or something. A sports team full of dogs. That's, I think, Bulldogs. That's a sports team. I was about to be like, what's it? I almost was like, you know, the Santa Fe poodles. I would watch them. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Aaron Gibson, for being our guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin.
0: And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our killer theme music. Our producer is Tamika Weatherspoon. Our supervising producer is Josephine Martorana. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. Go Santa Fe Poodles! <laughs>
1: Stitcher.